0: This week on The Great Outside Podcast, I was fortunate to have guest Thane Jensen from Clam Outdoors. Thane heads up the customer service department at Clam at their headquarters. Thane is an avid outdoorsman, whether he's spending time on the water or out in the woods hunting. You won't want to miss this episode as we cover lots of great things from the history of how he started in the industry with Clam Outdoors and some of the most memorable stories out in the field, whether he was out hunting or fishing. Stay tuned as this will be a great podcast that you'll want to make sure to listen into.
1: That, that's a little that's a little breezy for us here in Minnesota, but uh, you know what? I'd still go fishing in it. Heck, Absolutely. I'd go fishing today, and I think she's blowing twenty.
0: Absolutely, life is short, and you got to take advantage of those days. And uh,
1: I I I fish to de-stress. I hunt to get away from the 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 rat race of every day, and 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 you know just let it all go and recharge the batteries.
0: And that's what it's all about, you know. Whether it's turning the phone off and spending those four hours on the water and just complete here and now scenario, or Getting out and hiking in the mountains and getting away from everything and it, I For agree. Sure.
1: Either my seventh or my eighth year with Clam, um, albeit you know I started. Uh, it's been a, it's been kind of a unique situation. You know how they say, you know, you'll know when you find the right job. Well, what I can tell you is, is you know, I won't even call it a job because I get to, I enjoy every day I'm in the office. I enjoy the people I'm with. I enjoy the products that we sell and our and I enjoy our customers. So, uh, it's truly been a blessing in that regard, Tanner.
0: All right. Welcome back everyone to this episode of the great outside podcast. I'm here with good friend of mine, Thane Jensen. Thane was with Clam Outdoors, Blackfish Gear, All-Terrain Tackle, kind of a whole smorgasbord there of an uh, umbrella of what they've got. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to spend a few days on the ice with Thane between Ice Team University and a few media events we've held in Devil's Lake. And, uh, I'd just like to welcome you to the show here, Thane. How are you today?
1: Hey, Tanner. I'm wonderful. It's a beautiful, beautiful sunset. Monday morning. How about that? (laughs) I don't even know what day it is anymore working from home, but uh, it's gorgeous out other than a little wind, but you folks in North Dakota aren't, uh, that's normal for you, right?
0: It is. It's very normal for us. And you know, we had a pretty windy weekend here, but we usually get uh, a few calm days up here in North Dakota. I mean, calm in our neck of the woods is 10 to 15 mile an hour wind. So I don't know how about over there if that's calm to you guys, but yeah, we're, we're used to a lot of wind over here.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, that, that's a little, that's a little breezy for us here in Minnesota, but uh, you know what? I'd still go fishing in it. I'd go fishing today and I think she's blowing 20.
0: Absolutely. Life is short and you got to take advantage of those days. And, uh, I just wanted to preface this uh, podcast here a little bit. I know you're in route to, I believe Lake of the woods um, currently right now. So if you hear any audio quality things here or there, just stick with us. We'll get through them. But I know you're kind of in and out of uh, some cell phone services. You're sitting over there in the passenger seat.
1: You got me now? Yes, I got you now. How about me? I got you. Perfect.
0: So Thane, just kind of curious on how you kind of, how long have you been with Clam Outdoors now?
1: so I I was thinking about that just the other day I think I'm running into either my seventh or my eighth year with clam um, albeit you know I started uh, it's been a it's been kind of a unique situation you know how they say you know you'll know when you find the right job well what I can tell you is is you know I won't even call it a job because I get to I enjoy every day I'm in the office I enjoy the people I'm with I enjoy the products that we sell and our and I enjoy our customers. So uh, it's truly been a blessing in that regard, Tanner. Um, I've done a little bit of everything, man. <laughs> um, you know, in college, I did some, uh, I worked at a lumber yard. I sold uh, lumber. I did uh, some loss prevention. Summers, I worked at the, uh, running campground and, and maintenance around the park uh, kind of sparked an interest in law enforcement. I uh, got a full-time job at a cabinet manufacturer. Uh, I got married, uh, became a volunteer police officer, did did, a, a little, did that for 12 and a half years um, alongside my full-time job working at a cabinet company down in Iowa and uh, decided to get out. And I was a sales rep in the kitchen and bath cabinet industry for, uh, for 10, 12 years. And had my own agency, and that went really, really, really good for the longest time. And then, and then the housing market deal crashed, and and I left myself basically in a situation where it was time to, well, as they say, fish or cut bait. Well, I decided to uh, shut her down, and didn't really do much for a while. My wife, God bless her heart, she uh she she kept me going. She kept our family going, and man uh had an opportunity to jump on as a temp with clam outdoors um at the ripe old age of 40 something um i know that it's kind of crazy to think that right but when you love something enough you just do it whatever by whatever means i was asked to help out uh a project in our warehouse i jumped in and we we knocked that out of the park got it done in short order uh, at that point, they needed some help in customer service. I said, "I'm in." That looked like Saturdays and Sundays, helping stay on top of emails. and uh, and then it that that morphed into a full-time Monday through Friday and the weekend. And uh, you know it was a short time thereafter i was I was asked to come on board full time. And then about a year, year and a half after that, I was offered the position of the manager of the customer service team. So that's where I'm at now. That's what I'm doing. I, I work a lot with our marketing department, obviously. Customer service is a big part of marketing because we are that touch point for our, our customers. So long-winded, I know, but uh, that kind of is the best way to sum it all up, Tanner.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of one of those things too, you know, over the course of some of these podcasts we've done in the last two months, it seems like you talk to everyone that's kind of in this industry in one facet or another, and it never is like just a seamless road that gets you right there. It's kind of... you kind of the jack of all trades and everyone's been doing all kinds of different things until they landed with, you know, whether they're a guide or they're working for an industry company or they're working for a tourism organization. It's kind of a, the unique thing about this industry is how everyone gets there. And I always kind of find it really, uh, really, really unique to see everyone's story on how they ended up where they are.
1: Well, I think the one thing that kind of, that kind of lends itself to that same deal is when you really think about it, we all grow up loving hunting and fishing. We love the outdoors. Um, but very, very few of us, you know, feel like we can make it, you know, it's not a, and and the fact of it is, is there's millions of people like that out there that love the outdoors and, you know, everybody wants to be a game warden. Everyone wants to be a fishing guide. Everyone wants to be a professional angler. And, you know, the, the cold hard truth is there just aren't that many of those positions available, you know, and and so you're, you're now in the running with just hundreds of millions of other people. And so you settle and you know, some people settle in a good way in a very profitable way. And they're very happy what they do and they're able to do well.
0: Well, everyone, we got back, we had a little audio difficulties there, but we're back online live here with Thane Jensen again from Climb Outdoors. And, uh, kind of, as we were getting cut off here with, uh, going in and out of service, we were just talking a little bit along the lines on how you get started in the outdoor industry. And I myself find it really interesting. Everyone's unique and personal story of whether you're a guide or you're in the tourism industry or you're working for a company like clam or a boat company like Lund or whatever it may be, how you get to your position. And I know Thane, when we lost you there for a second, we were just kind of talking about how some people you know, there's millions and millions of jobs like this or millions of people out here looking for jobs like that. And it's, it's a tough competition and some people kind of end up settling. And I, I was going to kind of lead into that and let you kind of talk a little more along those lines.
1: For sure, Tanner, sorry about the, the whole connection thing, but yeah, as far as settling, I mean, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way. Some people settle on very, very lucrative jobs where they're very, very happy and do well for themselves and their families and their, it, it supports their, their, you know, their love of the outdoors and they're able to get out and do it. Um, you know, and then there's others that are always, you know, one eye open, one ear to the ground, looking for that opportunity to do something in the outdoors because that's just truly what they love. And I was just blessed and fortunate enough to to have that opportunity present itself. And once it did, um, I, I wasn't going to let it slip away. I was going to do whatever it took to make it happen. And, and here I am and uh, I couldn't be happier.
0: No, that's a, that is wonderful. And it's a great story. Just the, the amount of different things you did before you got to where you are with Climb Outdoors. And I think it's a true testament to just to show doesn't matter what stage you're at in life. You can still always pursue that dream job that you always want and just put, uh, sometimes throw caution to the wind and just go for it. And sometimes you just never know what may come of it.
1: Absolutely. And money isn't everything, you know, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's one thing to have a lot of money and never be able to do anything because you're just working all the time. You know, um, loving going to work every day and the people that you work with and the company that you work for and believing in the brand and the products and all of that. I mean, that is, you know, that's when work can be fun. I know, I know that sounds crazy um, and certainly believe me. I mean, do I have days? You bet. I work in customer service. I mean, not every phone call is somebody calling. Let's back that up. Most phone calls aren't people calling to tell us how awesome we are. Um, you know, they call when they're having a frustration or they're have, they've had some issues. And, uh, you know, at that point, it's our job to, uh, turn that experience around with our company. So in our products. So,
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I love the challenge.
0: And it takes the right person in that position. And I know you're that person because I, I think about, you know, people in that work in lost luggage in the airline industry and things like that, that, you know, pretty much 99% of the time when someone's coming to them coming to you, it's not for a good reason. They're upset about something or have questions or concerns. And so you've got to be that person that kind of helps walk them through that and, you know, maybe settle them down or just kind of give them that reassurance that everything will be all right at the end of the call.
1: Yep, for sure. And, you know, the other good thing too, it, it what helps with that, Tanner, is we all have one thing in common. You, It's easier to connect with someone when there's something, when you have something in common. And, and the commonality in all of our products and all of our customers is that we all love to, to be outdoors. We love to hunt. We love to fish. We love to camp. So, you know, we can kinda, you know, step aside from the issue and and try and connect on a level and 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 show the empathy that that a lot of customers, that's really just what they're looking for is somebody to to, to say, Hey, you know what, man, I get it. This sucks. Yep. We'll get taken care of. And then, and then it's up to us and our team to, you know, do what we do and kick butt and make sure that they're taken care of to the best of our ability.
0: But I, I do got to give you guys some kudos though, because, you know, I had an issue with one of my bibs issue that had a rip and it seems like the second you order something from you guys, it's like at the doorstep the very next day or the next working business day. And to have that when you're in the heat of uh, the moment, like that, that's just something that's very unheard of and very well appreciated.
1: Yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I I appreciate the sentiment. I can't take complete credit by any means. I, I work with an amazing team of people in customer service and, and I'm fortunate enough that we, that we've got an even better group of people, you know, all around us. I mean, we're surrounded by, by good, good folks at clam and, you know, that's a direct result Tanner of uh, you know, our warehouse staff and, them you know prioritizing those warranty items and getting them turned and burned as fast as we possibly can because we realize that in some areas that you know, obviously devil's Lake, you guys got ice I think six months out of the year
0: right <laughs> that's not even an <laughs> understatement I mean when you're talking November to April sometimes even pushing early May but right. yeah it's we've get we get our fair share up here it's a long season
1: but not everybody gets that so you know we're blessed here in the upper Midwest. Some of those folks in, uh, you know, Southern Iowa, Northern Missouri, Northern or yeah, Southern Illinois, you know, even out East sometimes, you know, it's hard to believe, but, uh, you know, some of those Northern climates out East don't get the longest ice season. So, um, it's important to us to, to, to prioritize those warranties and get them out. And, and I'll, I'll just put a big shout out to our entire warehouse staff last year. Um, through one of our busiest seasons ever they flat out crushed it and uh and we never really experienced the, the delays like we've been in the past. so um super proud of them and uh they deserve uh they deserve the kudos
0: absolutely no, you guys do a wonderful job, and I know it's not easy, especially when you're running from show to show, you know like we had. You know, the St. Paul I Show that we're, I know we get there a couple of days early, but you guys, I'm sure they're even earlier getting everything set up. And then you're running from that to, you know, over to the Fargo Ice Show and to other ones. And it's just, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle in this industry. And to be able to make everything work fluidly is is quite amazing in my my world. Uh, so, oh yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's nuts.
0: It's it's amazing. Um, and kind of on that token, you know, and being able to squeeze time in to come up and do media events. Like I know you were up here, Uh, That was towards the end of January this year where you you and was it Tony Mariotti came up and spent a few days with us with a couple outdoor writers and were able to help kind of speak the word of clam on some of the product you guys had, whether it was the hub style shelters or the the flip overs or even um, some of the clam pro tackle and different things like that. So the fact that you guys aren't just, you know, sitting back at the factory and getting orders shipped out and this and that, but actually Feet on the ground, hands in the ground, ready to help in every every imaginable way is just flat out amazing.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, it you know, and 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 that's the other thing. People think we're this big giant company, but um, <laughs> it's crazy to think that there's probably oh geez thirty some odd people that work there full time on any given day. Um, during the busy season, we do bring in some seasonal help, but uh, it affords us the time. You know, once we get through that last show, Tanner as you well know, you can kind of start to take a breath. Um, Things start to to slow up just a bit and uh, it does afford us some time to get out and do some of those media events, which are so very important because we need to provide the media with content. We need to get out and actually use the product with, you know, with them and, and make sure that they're educated on exactly how it works and what it's for and, and everything. And, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes that gets to take place in some pretty cool, uh, locations like devil's Lake, North Dakota. It
0: was. And what was that? was it the pinhead minnow. Was that what you're using that first night we were out there and you were catching all these walleyes without any bait on there at all. Yes. Yeah,
1: see, so that, that kind of became something that we were hearing all, all over the place on social media was pinhead minnow, no bait, jointed pinhead, no bait. It's like, all right, all right let's try this. And I recommended it to a couple of people cause we get those calls too. Hey, what I'm going here. What should I use? Um, and we do our best to help when time permits. Um, and I, I told a guy I said, Hey, jointed pinhead minnow, no bait, give it a go. He wins the tournament in his local area. And I'm like, well, this is definitely something I got to try. So yeah, that was my first time rolling with the pinhead minnow, no bait, but, uh, it's, <laughs> It it's it crushes the fish man
0: it, 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 and it was unbelievable because i know you know up there on devil's lake where you're so used to you know small tungsten jigs with wax worms and stuff like that for the perch bite when we're chasing a walleye it's either a dead stick with a full minnow or just a you know like a clam blade spoon with the minnow head on it and i'm always minnow head minnow head minnow head and the fact that you were able to do that without any live bait on there I, I just couldn't imagine it. And I would have never believed it until I actually witnessed it right then and there in front of you. And it's something that I'm going to be trying this next winter for sure.
1: Absolutely. It, it's, it's kind of fun when you don't have to worry about fiddling with live bait. You can just catch that fish and
0: you can get move
1: down there. Yeah, and, and there again, I mean, that's plastics is kind of the similar thing. Tanner, I, I it was tough for me to, to move away from meat on a hook when you're pan fishing, but uh, plastics is sure an awesome way to uh you know get your fish back on back down there you know they just last longer
0: they do and you know boomer and i were fishing probably about three or four winters ago and we had a pretty good perch back going and just for the heck of it he decided to throw on i forget what plastic it was and i was fishing uh, minnowhead and we probably ended up with 20 perch at the end of that day and it was pretty even trade of 10 perch with the minnow head 10 perch with the plastic and up until that point i had absolutely no confidence of plastics in the winter but that little bit right there just kind of changed my mind it gave me that confidence to start utilizing that more and more
1: absolutely confidence is everything in fishing it really really is
0: it is and that's kind of what happened up here probably about 10 years ago the master's walleye circuit had a artificial only tournament on devil's lake it was in july or august and you know, that was kind of when Berkeley gulp was becoming a popular thing. And ever since then, I hardly ever have night crawlers in my boat for trolling with bottom bounces and spinners. And it's pretty much strictly plastics now. And like you said, it's especially up here. It's one of those things when you get either a short bite or you're pulling through stumps and things like that, that you have that bait that holds on to your hook longer and you don't have to every snag reel up and make sure you don't have a night crawler missing and things like that. And it just gets you fishing that much longer.
1: And it's cleaner. This is true. You don't get that and mess you, in the boat. It, and if you leave them in the boat overnight, they're not going to stink.
0: Oh. <laughs> the joys of forgetting bait in the live well or the boat.
1: Oh no, I don't even, that, that horror stories. Those are nightmares.
0: Tanner. <laughs> oh God.
1: Nightmares. We, we, you know, we've got boats at work there and, uh, I've been blessed to be able to use them a time or two. And I remember pulling up to an access and I was like, all right, we're going to put some ice in here. I opened up the cooler in the boat that had been sitting in our warehouse now for probably three weeks. I pull it open and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It was it was sandwiches. It was leeches. It was, wor- oh, it was bad. Oh, I bet you that oh, had a good smell going to it. Oh, my goodness. You can't even believe it.
0: Hey, but on the bright side, if you were out and fishing in a pretty busy spot, I bet you if you just opened the cooler lid, you wouldn't have a whole lot of people that want to fish too close to you. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Gets rid of
0: the wood ticks. Oh God. <laughs> I always got to look at the, uh, the bright side of everything.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So Thane, I know you kind of, you grew up in the outdoors just like I did. Um, in that facet, when was your first trip up to Devil's Lake?
1: So my first trip to Devil's Lake, and to be honest, it's it's kind of embarrassing. Heard about it all my life. All my buddies in college were like, "Oh, we need to take the train out to Devil's Lake," and I'm like, "The train? What do you mean? I lived in Iowa for the longest time, right? I was originally born in Southern Minnesota, moved to Iowa. Uh, Dad retired with John Deere, so that's what took us there. But uh, finally found my way back. But I did go to college in Southern Minnesota, so all those guys were you know, well-versed in the, the whole ice fishing program. And I did a lot of it with my uncle back home in Iowa, but yeah, there's this taking the train to devil's Lake sounded like fun, but I was like, I just don't know if I want to drive out there for perch. Right. Mm-hmm. The internet hadn't been, well, I hadn't seen it. So at the end of the day, I was like, well, I've caught a lot of perch, man, and I'm not too excited about taking this big trip to go catch perch. Well, had I known what the perch and Devil's Lake were really like, I would have thought 100% differently. So <laughs> having been there now, I was an idiot for not uh, taking them up on that offer and, and riding the train out there. Um, but yeah, that my first trip out there was Ice Team University, Tanner. Was that two years ago, three years ago now?
0: I think that was three years ago, March, maybe two, yeah. two or three.
1: We had a blast. Um, that was my first. And then I've been just chomping at the bit to get back. But as you know, um, when you're in this industry, you kind of got to plan your trips accordingly and, uh, spread it around as best you can.
0: <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. And then also on that same token, uh, you know, a lot of it being ice fishing trips, mother nature also likes to throw her part in there too. Cause we've had a few different events where we've been planning them for a couple of months. And then, you know, about a week out, there's forecasting a blizzard and it's like, well, do you pull the pin down because you've got people driving in from anywhere from six to 10 hours in. And if they're talking right. 40 mile an hour winds and you know, it's not the best way for you guys to display your product or us to get people out on the ice. And sometimes you just have to postpone a lot of those events. And I know that's oh, yeah. happened in, in years past too. So not oh, always yeah. the easiest to plan in this industry for a uh, weather wise.
1: No, no, that's for sure. We've had some, we've had, we had an ice team, U Lake of the woods where it blew like crazy. Um, we, it, it blew, I believe day two at ice team university out on devil's Lake there. Um, I almost invented a new sport. It was called uh, pub shelter parasailing. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> ultimately it worked out. Okay. But man alive, I about went for a good ride. Um, but we got her all set up and, uh, we put the product to the test that day. That's for sure. But you guys had us on the fish, so that's good.
0: Yeah, I know. We were very excited because if I'm not mistaken, that was the first time ever that ice team you was on devil's Lake.
1: Yep. That's correct. Uh, and we, we still get calls people, you know, people are, they, you know, everybody's chiming in, Hey, we want to go back to devil's Lake. Hey, we want to go back to this place. So, uh, you just never know. I don't get to make that call, but, uh, yeah, it's a fun place to fish.
0: What, what, uh, how many days did you spend out there fishing? Was it two or three?
1: I think we fished two, but we always show up a little early and, and either fish. I don't, yeah, I'm pretty sure we fished like two and a half days.
0: That's like the perfect amount enough to actually start to put together a little plan and kind of scout around and get, get, get basically get your feet wet.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and getting our feet wet, that was one of those years where there wasn't any snow um it was it was late enough in march and there was more water on top of the ice than anything i remember the first day of the the actual event driving out in the dark in the morning this the water flying it, it was like driving down the highway in a, in a rainstorm i'm like i it, i'm not gonna lie it's it was it, it's a little nerve-wracking doing that in the uh in the dark you yep. know following jason mitchell
0: and then you feel like you're hydroplaning, and and then oh, you're following yeah. Mitchell, so you just don't even know where you end up, where you're going to end up by the time you get to your spot.
1: <laughs> well, it's usually going to have fish involved, but uh, it's it's what you may have to go to <laughs> to get there.
0: Oh God! Did you see he had won our a casino tournament this last weekend up here in Devil's I Lake? I
1: did. I saw that. So were there three guys in the boat?
0: Yeah. So that casino tournament, um, I forget. Last year was the first year they did it. They're doing a. North Dakota, South Dakota, and I think there is four or five circuit. So they're one day tournaments, and they're involving like our casino in Devils Lake, um, New Town out on Lake Sakakawea, uh, Grand River down on Mulbridge on Lake Oahuhi in South Dakota, and there's a, I think Prairie Nights out of Fort Yates, and they're doing a one day tournaments where um, they have the one day circuits, and then they do a collaborative point system, and then at the end of all the circuits, they do a championship. And I think they went to a three person tournament format for that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I and mean, then I was just, I mean, we're talking what, June 7th, June 6th was the tournament and 31 pounds of fish for five fish. That's over a six pound average for fish in Devils Lake. I thought that was quite amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that is. I mean, that's, that's a big weight anywhere. I mean, it's uh, a <laughs> good day of fish. And I can only imagine, you know, you know, you just don't go out and bang six pounders all day out there. So, uh, you know, they were running through a bunch of fish.
0: Oh, exactly. I mean, this is the time of year where you're catching, you're catching that wide variety from as little as 12, 14 inches with mixed in with the 20 plus inch. And then you're going to find those occasional 27 to 28, upwards of 29. I think the biggest fish in the tournament for the weekend was nine and a half pounds. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's a, it's a good sign of the system right now that it's it's thriving and I think we're going to have a good summer ahead of us.
1: Yeah, that's that, that Lake is so unique. I, I'm, I'm completely intrigued. I wish it was a bit closer. Um, <laughs> it would be fun to get out there and just spend day after day after day, trying to figure it out because this, I'm just so intrigued with all the different unique structure that devil's Lake offers, you know, you know, you got fish holding in someone's fire pit in their backyard that's underwater now, you know, it's just, just stuff like that. That's it, super cool.
0: It's it's something where you, you really can experience that in a uh, very many places, if any in the Midwest that I know of. And, Right. like you said it's a, it creates a very unique dynamic when you're out there fishing and you know you're talking about how on ice team you you guys were driving through you know water on the ice because it was late march and then you got to experience the complete opposite end of the spectrum here in january where i don't think if we would have where we launched at Graham's island to where we were fishing i don't think if we would have stopped and lost our momentum we would have got to our fishing spot because of the amount of snow that was sitting on the ice for
1: yeah for there year. was a lot of snow there was a ton of snow out there tanner this january uh, that was a great trip too, that you guys pulled off. I mean, we had the media out there, and uh, Tony and I came out and man alive, we uh, we had a we had a really good time. They were good guys, and uh, I don't know that any of them had experienced Devil's Lake either, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I don't think so. I, I honestly think, uh, well, I think Strew and Mark were the only two of that whole group that had been, yeah, well, they don't
1: the, count. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they were the only two that had been up here before. Otherwise it was brand new territory for the rest of the media.
1: Yeah. So that's always fun. Um, it, it's always, it's always challenging, but it's always a, a fun kind of challenge. And, and, you know, because everybody has their little ways and nuances of fishing their own home waters and, and, you know, when you get to devil's lake, you got to adapt. And, uh, you know, I learned that at ice team university very, very quickly that it's not always the same, you know, fishing 40 foot of water for perch with a little tungsten jig. How do you do that? You know, I figured that out finally, but, uh, so no, it was good. It was a, it was an amazing event, but yes, the snow, the snow was nuts. I know, uh, I know we, uh, we tried to get to that, that spot early in the morning in the dark, but, uh, we made the right call and turning around going around. We'd have never got over that bridge or we would have had problems.
0: Yep, and but, we, would have, we would have spent most of the day trying to either a dig ourselves out or hopefully if someone wouldn't have went through that little Ridge that we would have been in yeah. a completely different scenario. But,
1: but yeah, but I just remember as soon as we got the shack, the first shack set up and the first, the first writer dialed in, um, we we're working on the next one. He's already hollering fish on. So, um, that's that, that's always a good time that's always a good sign
0: it is it is and it was one of those things too where a it was an overcast week we were up fishing and a b with the snow on there it helped with that light penetration that i think our walleye bite lasted till almost 10 11 in the morning which sometimes yeah. especially in the winter it seems like it's that first couple hours and if you don't hit that window you're done until the evening again
1: yeah oh yeah for sure for sure
0: so no, we were, but no, we that was,
1: a, that was a really, really good trip, Tanner. I, I, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, we snuck out, uh, me and Tony. And then I, we grabbed one of the writers that happened to be with us. We were shooting some promo videos for his, his, it's got like a radio show or an online Facebook live thing or something. And, uh, so we, we hung out and did that. And while we were doing that, I got a call from one of my buddies on the perch patrol and And he said, Hey, we're on a good walleye bite out here. If you guys wanted to come out, I'll put you right on them. Well, he saw us, he was coming off the ice with his clients. And he's like, buddy, you're going to want to figure something else out with that trailer. And I'm like, well, I'm not leaving it here. It's got tons of gear in it. (laughs) He's like, well, have fun. So we took off out there and we got to the spot, but turning around seemed to be a little bit of a problem. So We had about 45 minutes before the sun went down after we got turned around and we just absolutely slammed them one after the next nice little walleyes. It was fun. Um, I remember it was dark enough and so much snow that I'm like, I told Tony, I said, Hey, take your hat off and sit it next to the tracks where I need to turn left to get in our tracks because I couldn't see it. So his hat was the marker. And uh once we got to it, I said, We need to get your hat. He's like, Leave it. <laughs> just leave it. I'll get a new one. So it cost me a hat, but uh, uh nonetheless, yeah, if anybody found uh I, I don't even remember what it was, a tar or a Dave Gens hat out mm-hmm. on uh on Devil's Lake, just thank Tony Mariotti for that.
0: Hey, but that's a small price to pay to get on a good walleye bite.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have to get you up here in the summertime and get out and get your, your boat wet up here. And
1: I mean, I'm in the lunch. She she'll go where the walleyes are.
0: Well, and there's a few walleyes up here. So I, I think it's, it's long overdue. I love it. Yeah. Well, and Thane um, maybe before we get close to wrapping this up and I know you're getting antsy to get up to Lake of the woods, which I'm, I'm kind of jealous that you're on a little fishing excursion right now. Uh, but driving by Malax right now. Oh, how busy is it there?
1: You know what? It's it's not busy today. It was really packed through the weekend, but uh it's kind of funny here on the south end. It's pretty slick. It's it's got a little bit of a ripple on it. I wouldn't even call it a chop, but I promise you on the other end with the wind, she's she's probably bucking pretty good on the other uh, side.
0: Two tales of the story right there.
1: Yep. Two different lakes.
0: No, so. what I was what I was gonna just kind of end with here and put you on the spot with to be, you know, maybe just um, as we've been talking on a lot of these podcasts, it's just kind of really interesting to hear all the stories of everyone with their families and their relatives and their friends out enjoying everything, whether it's hunting or fishing. And I kind of wanted to just kind of end with maybe hearing one of your fondest memories or most memorable days you've ever had out on the water, whether it's ice fishing or open water.
1: Wow. Wow. Wow.
0: Which could be anything. And I know maybe you've got tons of those.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give you, yeah. I've, the, yeah. The, the, the first, I, I've got two that jump out, um, Tanner. So if, if, if you're okay with it, I'll, I'll throw two at you.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: the first one was when I was a young kid, um, was with my mom, dad, and sister we were up on Lake of the Woods and uh, I was little, I don't even know how old I was, but I was just throwing a spinner around, just having fun. Didn't even have a, a minnow on it at the time. My mom had to use the restroom, so we take her to shore. And on the way into this island, there's a, a big giant rock and it's got a turtle sitting on the top of it. I cast up there to try and knock this turtle off and spinner hits the rock, turtle flops in the water, spinner hits the water, some smashes the spinner. I set the hook, I'm fighting this thing on my little Zebco 202, right? It it comes, and I'm like, Dad, I got a little northern because we've been catching them all day. And it goes under the boat, I bring it back out. Dad looks over the boat, and he's like, that's not a little northern. And it, it takes a run on me, and it jumps. And it, just like in the Ham's Beer commercial, that this thing is out there tail dancing. And uh, it obviously came off. Um, I don't eat, couldn't even tell you what it was. It was either a huge pike or a muskie. My suspicion is it was a muskie, mm-hmm. but uh, just the way it behaved. But man alive, that I, I couldn't I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink my soda. I would I just sit there and shook for twenty thirty minutes afterwards. It was so incredible, and and we kind of made fun of it because like at that time in Canada you needed a muskie stamp, and we were like, well, good thing we didn't catch it. We didn't have a muskie stamp, so just kind of a, that was the first one. Second story, ice fishing, uh, you know, both my daughters enjoy the outdoors as well, as does my wife a little bit. Uh, but to have my oldest daughter away at college, reach out to me and say, dad, will you take my roommate and I ice fishing when we come home? I'm like, holy moly. Perfect. You know? So that that's the stuff that 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 a parent dreams of so when your kids unprovoked just say, "Hey, will you take me um, into the outdoors and do something that you love to do?"
0: Oh, that is wonderful, and yeah, that the a the first story of this having that experience and being able to like I I've been there before, whether it's been a big waller or after shooting an elk, and you just you sit there and you really can't do anything. Like I've had experiences where I can't drive the boat for a half hour after catching big fish because you're just you're just lose every capacity in your mind and then yep. having that experience where your kids are able to enjoy what you do. And like you said, unprovoked, and it's something that they openly want to do. And it's one of those things that's a theme that I think is kind of coming together as we do a lot of these podcasts is just passing that tradition on. And, you know, there's people that don't have the opportunity to get out there and explore it. So knocking down those barriers and introducing people like that into the outdoors is just what's going to keep it alive. And I, I know, I appreciate every time I step outside and, you know, I, I notice it these days, especially if I don't get out on the water for a good four or five days, you start to get antsy or and it just takes you getting out there and the other, you're on shore casting a line or actually on the boat just for an hour. And it seems to totally unwind me and put me right back into a good state of mind.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, for me, it's a total battery recharge. Um, you know, I, a lot of people have asked me about tournament angling, and I, I want nothing to do with it. There's nothing against it. I enjoy watching them. I'll go, you know, I'll work one, but uh, I don't have an interest in tournament fishing because that's not why I fish. There's just too much additional stress. Then um, I I I fish to de-stress. I hunt to get away from the 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 rat race of every day and 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 you know just let it all go and recharge the batteries.
0: And that's what it's all about. You know, whether it's turning the phone off and spending those four hours on the water and just complete here and now scenario or getting out and hiking in the mountains and getting away from everything. And I agree that the the added stress isn't always the nicest thing. And being able to just completely unwind de-stress is truly what it's all about.
1: Yep. And that, and that's what it is for me. You know, some people live for that, that tournament, you know, being so dialed and so focused. And for me, that's like every day you know i i need the time where i can just go out and do whatever and and not have an expected outcome other than maybe catching a fish or seven yep oh yeah
0: oh yeah and it's always one of those things too you know a lot of people measure their success of the day by how many fish they caught how many they're going to clean and to me at the end of the day my memories are more important of who i was with what we were what we did out there what we you know laughed and you know whether we have one walleye in the live well we have our limit of 10 or we have none that doesn't depend on the (laughs) outcome of my day
1: laughing laughing is a big part of my life I uh I like to have fun um I'm a big proponent of work hard play hard but have a heck of a good time or as much fun as you can while doing both and that's to your point it's not about the fish in the live well to be honest I rarely keep fish. I'm not a big, big fish eater. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I won't eat them, but it's, you know, whatever. I, I would rather just put them back and come back and catch them again.
0: Absolutely. And I, I know we had our fair share of laughs, uh, back in January on the ice for those couple of days. We, uh, covered yeah. a lot of ground, just not only fishing, but just talking and, you know, missed hook sets and little fish we caught and different things. And it's, oh, yeah. I will remember that trip. No, nah, no, nah, I,
1: I enjoy hanging out, hanging out with just about everybody. Like I said, I, uh, you know, if, if we're outdoors and, and you're an outdoors person, um, I'm good. We're good. Life we'll get, is good. We'll get along. Amen.
0: Well, Thane, unless you've got anything else you want to add, I'll, uh, I'll let you guys mosey your own way up to the Northern Minnesota. To I think you said you're heading up to Badette, and uh...
1: yep, heading to Badette, jumping on a water taxi out of Sportsman's Lodge, and we're going to go up to Oak Island, stay with a buddy up there, and uh, normally, normally we fish the Canadian side, but due to the old uh, Corona deal and Canada being closed, still we are we're going to explore some new waters of uh, Northern Lake of the Woods. Northern yeah. United States, Lake of the Woods, I guess, is the best way to put it. <laughs> Probably no lake trout this trip.
0: Hey, but you know what the beauty of fishing is—you just never know. Sometimes you you might just get extremely lucky, and those fish might have you might have found the one stray one.
1: Yeah, well, you never. Yeah, it happens. I think on the south, they call it the south end, right? But it's really it would be the northernmost south end, I guess. So yeah, we're just gonna bang around there up up by the angle and see what happens should be
0: fun. Perfect. Well, and we're gonna, we're gonna put dates, some some dates down here and find a way to get you out here to Devil's Lake for the open water season. And whether it's this summer or plan a spring trip next year, once everything's gone behind us, and we'll get you out here and a little bit of a taste of Devil's Lake during the, the open water season.
1: Tanner, that would be awesome, my friend. I, uh, well, let's, let's talk about that. We'll see what, what kind of a group we can put together and make it happen.
0: Absolutely, Thane. I think that would be a a fun time, and it's long overdue, like I said before.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: Well, thanks for joining me this week, Thane. Um, It was great to kind of hear a little bit of your story of how you got into the the outdoor industry and a little bit about clam outdoors. And I know we'll have some time on the water and ice together in the near future, and maybe maybe then we can dive into a little bit more of uh, some product information at that time on another podcast.
1: Hey, anytime, my friend. You know me absolutely absolutely well enjoy your trip up
0: there and I, I expect to see some pictures from you over the next couple days
1: sounds good now you get out there on devil's lake and uh catch some and we'll compare notes
0: that sounds wonderful thing we
1: will do that <laughs> all right my friend take care take care bye-bye Bye.